the lunatic fringe. It's the Raleigh James Show. place, don't they? We have Alan Watts for another hour. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com is the website, and you should check that out. And uh, as I suspected, Alan, we've had some calls, well, not really calls, but emails in particular, people saying, hey, I'm a 32nd degree Mason, and there is no 40th degree. Yeah. Uh, again, I assume this is the thing that they're not telling the rank and file this exists. They don't know. I, I've, I've talked to many guys, uh, 33rd uh, degrees and above. In fact, some of the above ones came to me because I talked so much about the occult and the history of Freemasonry uh, on Sweet Liberty uh, broadcast. That's sweetliberty.org, uh, and they have archives there going back for since '98. And I've been getting calls from these guys um, who are in the much higher organizations, uh, wanting to know how I knew <laughs> uh, so much about them. And I've actually met with a few of them too. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, yes, other than those who have been illuminated, so to speak, to their mm -hmm. existence, it's, yeah. uh, it's as if it ends at a certain point. Yes, 33 and below, uh, all Masons, uh, even from the beginning, swear allegiance to uphold this system. Uh, even the guys at the very bottom are well, told... They don't, they don't know what the system is. They think uh, it's a faith-based belief thing where the guy above you, who's, uh, who you must obey if you're given an order without uh, having any moral uh, reservations, it's a faith-based system. Uh, same with the newscasters who are all Masons, that the guys above them really know what they're doing and it's for the good of all. Uh, that's how it works. You don't ask questions in Freemasonry about higher degrees. You wait until you, you're, you're allowed into them. Now, so, uh, um, when you're saying all the newscasters, uh, these days a lot of newscasters are not Masons, including, of course, a number of women who are an Eastern star. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a fascinating question, too, because we often look at it and we say, why aren't we hearing any of this on the news? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, I've been news director of radio stations. No one ever told me what to read or not, but mm -hmm. basically I was lucky to rip and read and get it out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the average rank-and-file uh, news person is clueless to this as well. Mm -hmm. But where, where is this control coming from, and how does it work? It works. It comes down through the editors, etc., uh, who are in on their That's why all the news is the same uh, across the country. It is. And uh, it's coming through two main sources, routers and API. And routers, of course, was set up by MI5 and 6 and Rothschild in England okay. from the very beginning. And um, Interpol itself, Interpol is a Rothschild company. It's not actually a British police force. So um, uh, what happens is uh, in the schools of journalism that they're taught, again, like all people going to university, to think in a certain tunnel vision, uh, and they come out thinking that's, that's all there is to do with it. But it's learned very quickly. You, you, don't, um, you don't go out of certain bounds when you have editors and people above you. Uh, you do what you're told, and when they tell you to quench a story, you quench it if you want your career to continue. And it's very simple to keep control of their licenses and all the rest of it uh, to work in, in those fields through licensing. That's mainly how it's done. With the Council on Foreign Relations, you don't ask to join. They will suss you out 
Right. Uh, they'll send people to befriend you. They'll meet you in bars, wherever. Uh, get to really know you. They get personality profiles. And if you're the, the right stuff, then that means the, the rights of masonry. Yes. If you're the right stuff, then you're brought into the fold. Now, going back to uh, in terms of how they'd like it to be, ultimately, mm-hmm. with uh, you know the outgrowth of this you know global new world order, mm-hmm. uh, the new financial reality. Clearly, what you're describing again, while it's our it's our current welfare system, mm-hmm. it's certainly not something the average citizen is willing to embrace. No. What what has to happen to get them there? Massive chaos and fear, economic fear, uh, unemployment. Massive unemployment. In fact, uh, Jacques Attali, the, the, as I say, the, the Kissinger of France and the United Nations, said in that book um, uh, that I mentioned earlier, there, in Millennium, he mentions that the next boat people who will be leaving a country to find work abroad will be the Americans. Now, we're seeing right now, as I've mentioned many times, the fact that in reality, most Americans, middle-class Americans, don't have any money. The the equity that used to be in their home is now on equity lines of credit. People are leveraged to the hilt. Mm -hmm. Uh, One warble, they're they're out. We passed new bankruptcy laws to make it incredibly difficult by comparison to successfully file a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So I assume that this is all by design, so whenever they pull the rug out from under, it's a, do- it's a quick domino. Absolutely. It could be done so quickly, just like uh, uh, that, that uh, the 1920s depression. We forget there were three depressions in the late 1800s in America, uh, with a, uh, a triad of, of, of Morgan and Gould and another fellow who uh, literally ripped off the stock exchange and, and everybody lost their pensions three times in a row in 30 years. So they've got lots of experience of doing this type of thing. And, and now that it's just the, the centralized banking system is in charge and someone fixes the rate of, of money, the dollar for the day, it's so easy to crash it whenever they wish. And, I mean, it's all a magic act, anyway. Truly, it's a juggling act, you know. It could, uh, right? It's almost, uh, it's almost easy to do it accidentally. But uh, or the the big depression of '29 was, of course, the stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it appear, that, of course, could happen again. But I wonder whether or not it won't be the housing bubble this time. And they could do it either way, since, uh, of course, the, the, they've given all this artificial value on the housing. Um, it's so overpriced to begin with, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they can. They can withdraw that too and what people forget during a depression a great depression or what they might want to call it a recession you know uh, that's the term they used in Britain from 1960s onwards yeah well it's a recession when your neighbor's out of work it's a depression exactly exactly and of course what they forget is that, that uh, no matter if the banks begin to fail uh, the government's still knocking on your door for your property taxes you see, you see now the rest of the system continues, right. and, and one way or another, if the banks don't get your property, uh, then the government will seize it, one or the other. That's the choice you have. Uh, there's no contingencies for, oh, well, we can't put the usual laws through during this tough time. No, they continue because depressions have ulterior purposes. Um, Mandel House 
uh, who advised again five presidents in his day, he said, he said, for everything that's done in politics and government, there's a very good reason, and then there's the real reason. Right, right. And, and that goes back again to what we were saying about what's going on in the Senate right now, which seems so, you know, uh, half laughable and uh, unbelievable on the surface. Now, were there, are there any presidents who were not Masons? Uh, there's supposedly a few. Um, however, I've got the photographs of, of uh, I think it's uh, Ronald Reagan. See, all, all American presidents, I don't, I don't know for how long, are, are automatically th honorary 33rd degree Masons. Okay. And I have the photographs of most of them with their aprons on and all the rest of it. Okay. So, uh, we know that Washington and all his boys that, that uh, uh, went into Philadelphia Hall, mm -hmm. 55 of them were Masons. Uh, 33 of them signed uh, the, the, the charter uh, for the number 33, which is high in masonry for a different reason than people think. And um, What's the reason? Well, the reason is, is that the sun sets in the 33rd degree parallel. Okay. So that's why Jesus comes up at the age 30, where the sun rises and sets at 33. That's why, it's, that's why that's significant. Now, getting to this uh, new frontier, if you will, where there's no private property and, and no vehicles, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, again, the, the individuals who are here now, it's almost unconscionable. Uh, is this something that will be phased in over time? I think they would like to, they definitely will face certain parts in Rod and have one mass chaos. They must control the chaos. Uh -huh. uh, that's their motto in the Scottish Rite is order of chaos, or order out of chaos. And so they'll have to have a controlled takedown of the country. Uh, but however, the, the people will have to be so sick and afraid and maybe even hungry because um, uh, the woman who was in the head of the United Nations for the Agricult World Agricultural Association has said uh, in one of her speeches that food had, had always been used in the past as a weapon and, and that they would use it when required. And we saw that being done on Iraq between the two wars. Uh, a million and a half people were starved to death by the withholding of food and medicine to the, to the Iraqi people by the UN. We're already seeing a setup for it to be water as well, hearing about water shortages and things of that nature. There was a meeting in the 1960s in Israel uh, by the United Nations, and they printed it in all the newspapers at the time uh, that uh, that would be one of the major things the United Nations must take over uh, was the all water rights of the world. That's right, yeah. Right, and uh, they're uh, they're very adamant about it now. The Law of the Seas Treaty, the Lost Treaty, which uh, our, our government pretty much is willing to go along with, that is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, beyond outrageous. And it, again, uh, they they get away with it at this point because the average citizenry is is somewhat brain dead. Mm -hmm. And I guess the plan is before sufficient numbers can awake, have something that is fearful enough to cause the masses, if you will to uh, say, oh, come protect me. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, which works like a charm every time, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Now, you were also mentioning that, that getting, getting sick of religion after the Mideast conflict. Mm -hmm. what, uh, and there's never been a culture without some type of guiding you know, faith principle, whether mm -hmm. it's you know, faith in the government or faith in the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the great beyond or God or whatever. What, uh, what religion are they going to replace you know, the, the God-based religions we're dealing with now with? 
Well, you know, Albert Pike himself uses the term that the high, higher Freemasons use, and he says in his own book, The Bible of Freemasonry, he said, make no mistake, he says, our God is Lucifer. That's in his own book. And this was given to every uh, 32nd degree and 33rd degree Freemason for, uh, for uh, almost 100 years. See, th this is so beyond anything that the average person would understand, because you think of the Shriners' conventions, and mm -hmm. you see the Shriners, and they're not exactly devil worshippers. No, you see, they have a different take on Lucifer. On, on the lower ranks, it's an allegory for intelligence, intellect, and the, 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 the knight, again, this knightly language they use of boldness and audacity to, 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 to create a brave new world, as Aldo Huxley said. Um, so Lucifer is a symbol for the lower masons of, of that drive, that intellect uh, of creativity to reshape everything in what they call its proper, its proper, not its natural, but its proper order. Yeah. Okay, so, so using that then, then uh, what, what would be, you know, the average person? Uh, would their, their God be the God of the state? Uh, ultimately will be. Uh, uh, in fact, all the guys above you will be different varieties of gods, different uh, bureaucratic classes. Uh, it's to be a world run by experts uh, in every uh, facet of life. Now, uh, Loyola University in the United States uh, four years ago they had a world science meeting with the top uh, bioengineers there, the, the top uh, microchip uh, companies there, the scientists, and that meeting it was head, it was kicked off by Newt Gingrich, and it was funded by the U.S. Department of Commerce because if you have a social insurance number, that's what you belong to. They own you, you see, and. Uh, uh, they put 600 pages out on, a, on this agenda it ties in with Brzezinski's book Between Two Ages uh, and the Technotronic Era in the Loyola, Loyola meeting they said that they have a microchip ready to go which, which uh, the, the ID card would be first with an active chip that would uh, acclimatize the public to having this this active chip containing all their data which they'd have to show at all times he says but the next step was this active chip which they've tested out for many years implanted implanted in the brain in the brain in the brain just like the Matrix movie, you know. Well, the interesting you say that because I just was reading an article on, on just that happening in experimental uh, phases already, blurring the lines between, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. organic and non-organic, and it was frightening as hell just, just to read that. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're barely prepared for microchips in the, uh, in the arm and mm -hmm. don't want it. Yeah. But uh, in terms of in the brain, mm -hmm. that's, that's so beyond chilling uh -huh. that it's almost incomprehensible that mm -hmm. it would get there without massive outcry. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it almost seems like the generation that is here now, you and I, we've got to be off the planet before they could pull that off. They would love that, and, and that's the way it was worded in the 600-page uh, documentation that came out, which I have. <laughs> I got someone to go into the university's website and get it all before they took it down. And and the guy from Tokyo that helped us, uh, to design this latest model, because they've tried it for, since the 1960s on unsuspecting victims, um, it's, it has a coating on it which literally um, interfaces with your genetic material so you can't simply cut it out.
Right. And it also interfaces in such a way that it attaches itself to, to the cortex, the, the little neurons in your brain. And you, they, they said, this will be the end of individuality as we know it. This is once this is, the guy's words were from Tokyo. He said, "He said when this is working and everyone has it, he said there'll be no more individuality and no ability for for the person to even perceive of themselves as a distinct, separate individual." He said, "Think of it more like the beehive, and that the beehive has for thousands of years has been the high occultic symbol, the perfect system." He said, you'll hear people's whispers uh, of their thoughts going through your mind back to the central computers and, and from the computers back to the people, a constant buzz in your head of thoughts. He says, but it will be impossible for a person to even begin to think of themselves as a distinct, separate entity. Now, clearly, not that that's so beyond chilling, it's almost uh, hard to put it into words. Mm -hmm. Now, that would also be chilling to the ruling elite. Now, mm -hmm. if I were one of the ruling elite and I was aware of this, mm -hmm. I'd be scared to death that there was going to be a bigger ruler and I was going to be implanted next. Well, here's the key to that one. If you go back to Charles Galton Darwin, uh, he was the grandson of, Char of, Char of um, Charles Darwin. Uh -huh. And the Galton family, who did the, the, the statistics and IQ levels and, uh -huh. and population reduction. Well, Charles Galton Darwin was a physicist in the 1950s. And around 1954 to 56, he published a book um, on this very agenda. And he said, we must cull off the masses of unwanted, useless eaters because it's a po it will be a post-industrial world where we won't need them anymore and their numbers uh, will, will, might overtake the, the elite themselves. He says, we must find a way of, of, of um, destroying that part of the brain which makes a person see themselves as a distinct, separate individual. It will mean killing off that part of the brain which gives them their personal survival mechanisms. But they won't need it anymore because the state will be making all their decisions for them. I understand that. He said, we the elite, he says, must not uh, um, have, have these devices or these chemicals put into us because we must remain to steer the ship of Earth. Yeah. Right, of course. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, you know, uh, the elite's an ever-changing body to a degree. That's right. I and mean, you might say that the Rothschilds and the Warburgs are always in the in the mm -hmm. thick of it, but there, there's other people who maybe are peripherally uh, mm -hmm. elite, if you will, yep. who uh, elite today, uh, plebeian tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think if I were, you know, anointed all of a sudden, mm -hmm. I would want to go for this because I'd figure when somebody wanted me unanointed, here comes my chip. Now, that's right, and that's what they live on is hope that if they're good little boys and girls and do all the right things, then their masters might just bring them into the upper group, oh, you see. This is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Next Alan, Alan Watt is with us, and uh, that's, that's the most chilling thing I've ever heard. And uh, as I say, I, I think they they got to get rid of us first, whether we die a natural death or it's cataclysmic. Mm -hmm. We've got to be on the way out before. And, you know, I think most of us would prefer to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. It's the Raleigh James Show. The Raleigh James Show. And for this, you're staying up late. It is the Raleigh James Show. 
We're talking to Alan Watts. That's fascinating. Getting a lot of email on this, and uh, two to one uh, positive. I want a copy of this, but a third of it, uh, you know, negative, and some of it. I'll never listen to you again. Which is, you know, why your radio has two knobs. One changes the station, and the other controls the volume. And you can do that anytime you like. Uh, you can believe or not believe as you desire. But one thing that's interesting, I don't claim, obviously, to have any inside knowledge, and I don't claim to know for sure uh, from whence it comes, though if you read the sources, it's fascinating. But if you look at things historically, every brick fits into place. And uh, from uh, the prime mover, I don't even care who it might be, but the result of wanting to control and dominate, that's pretty much the uh, the universal and you look over the last couple hundred years and boy we're marching down that road now Alan what's interesting about that is also from time immemorial even though people might want to be led or guided by a greater power uh, you know governmentally or otherwise the the desire for individuality is is certainly a pressing desire in human nature. People are not willingly going to embrace this, even with a level of fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when you're talking about things like chips that stop individuality, mm-hmm. I don't care how afraid somebody is, yeah. they're not going to willingly say, yeah, hand me one of those. That's right. You'd, you'd have to have incredible chaos or starvation even, um, or else many years of a build-up to it uh, Albert Pike said himself, we never begin a premature revolution. We lay out the groundwork uh, years not ahead right. to prepare the minds of the people. Well, at the Loyola University meeting, uh, and these guys never mentioned politics. They, they, they weren't giving out a wish list uh, uh, by politics. They worked for the real bosses of the world. And they said that... Um, this will be a positive thing and taught to be a positive thing from kindergarten. Uh, it said through novels, through cartoons, uh, movies, etc., as, as a positive thing to advance towards. And sure enough, after that meeting, out comes the first Robin William movie with the, a movie called The Cutter. Right. And uh, there you are. There's the chip in the brain, and it's a kind of a nice thing. You can you can have a deceased family member's chip removed, downloaded, and see through his eyes as he grew up, etc. And, and now they've got it in cartoons for the children, where they'll be superheroes and have all these special powers. And in other words, they're going to give you a virtual reality. That's how they're going to sell it to the public. But yeah, once uh, the right, not as a control, but yes. Mm-hmm. The other thing that Fabians were uh, certainly uh, eloquent about this was incrementalism. It's got to yeah. be in very small increments, so it isn't you'll wake up tomorrow and face it. Mm-hmm. Probably, I would say, uh, no one who's over 40 today will live to see this. Very possibly, unless literally they bring us to our knees through some incredible plague, catastrophe, starvation, or whatever, uh, and then again lie to us as to its proper reason for, for getting it. Um, uh, I've noticed, they, they said that the, the regional computers that will control people are already set up. They, they are super cray computers already set up across the U.S. and Canada to handle this. That was, that, that's all public knowledge from their, from their meeting. Oh, and also, just just like we were reading about, KBR has been given the $385 million to build the camps, mm-hmm. the detention center for those dissidents, yeah. and all of that. So, yeah, they're becoming more open about uh, about that phase of it. Now, so, is there anywhere, you know, because some people listening to this are going to say, i got to escape this, 
And while ultimately there may be no escape, uh, is there anywhere at this point that's probably on the slow track to implement it? Not really. Um, as far as Canada and the States go, and Mexico, and even Chile, in fact, Chile's been uh, built up to be the manufacturer and supplier of all our vegetable goods for the near future, um, thanks to the, the NAFTA taxpayers. Right. Um, so really, no, uh, all, all the Commonwealth countries and, uh, and most of the other ones, too, are, are all going along. In fact, I was surprised to hear from Norway where nothing happens in Norway. I, I lived there for a while, and it's the most peaceful place, and they're under this martial law, the same martial law bill as everyone else, and, and they're, they're freaked out as to why, why they're under this incredible martial law bill, you know. This is worldwide, which tells you the super coordination at, at the people at the top in all countries, that they have a natural affiliation with each other, and that's, of course, through the higher secret societies. So don't pack your bags for Iceland or New Zealand anytime soon. No, you can't get into them now. New Zealand's so expensive to get into. Uh, same with Australia. You probably read in your own newspapers that the U.S. government had built an underground base in Australia for the, the continuity of government for the elite to be flown to. Yeah. Uh, well, now, of course, even immigration is almost stopped here. You have to be very wealthy to get in. Right, self-supporting, that's that's certainly true. Yeah. All right, now with that in mind, here we're back to what's going on in the Senate. And uh, obviously the House passed a reasonable bill with regard to illegal immigration, making it a felony, mm -hmm. and uh, did nothing for amnesty. And here comes the Senate, which, of course, pretty much wants to embrace illegal immigration and legalize 20 million people overnight, as well as have 400,000 a year come in. Is there anything an American can do to stop that? The only way to stop it would be mass uh, protestations by people who have read these people's own documentation, their own books. Would it work? It would have to work because they published the books themselves, like Charles Galton Darwin, the next million years. That's quite the boast. And... Uh, uh, and of course, uh, Brzezinski, with his grand chessboard that had the invasions of America into Afghanistan, followed by Iraq, then Iran, then Syria, in that order, published in 1998. And he said in his own book, we'll need something on the scale of a Pearl Harbor attack on America to, mo to motivate the public behind us for this war. Right, and of course 9-11 is the first, but probably not the, not the last. Well, then I think what you're saying is mass protestation would end it for now. Obviously, yeah. it won't derail the plan. Anymore. They won't give up. Yeah, no, they won't give up. Uh, and, of course, we've seen the protestation on the side of the illegals, half a million strong in L.A. and in other cities as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, how big are we talking about it has to be in the next three weeks? It would have to be very big. And, and you're talking about people who do know um, and have the facts, the actual facts, was. The people who run the world are very legalistic. They publish the facts themselves. And when you have words out of their own mouths, out of their own pens to, to, to show them that you know what they're doing, where they're taking us, they, they can't argue with that. They can't laugh it off. What's the likelihood that we could pull that off in the next two and a half weeks? Ah, very slim. So many people have been... Uh, the, the follow... Uh, certain uh, radio stations, the, the Patriot type things, that, that I, some, a lot of them are phony, I'm afraid to say. Uh, they don't give them all the real information they need to know. 
um, uh, and they're so confused that they're following different types of gurus like David Icke and different ones that lead them out in circles. Um, I've never seen so many confused people in my life, really. Well, David Icke's an interesting story, actually. I don't know much about him, but I've seen some of his material, and when he got mm. into the shape-shifting lizards and said it with a straight face, yeah. uh, you know, I found it very hard to believe that there are individuals who are truly shape-shifting lizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, the key behind this. Now, this, this is something people should realize. Um, MI5 and MI6 have a place outside the Cotswolds. It's called the Cotswolds outside London, where they train people to go out into the world and create mysticism and confusion. And, and Alistair Crowley was one of the first men they sent out there who, to set up the OTO, the Order Templi Orientis, uh, a higher Masonic group, which, which most, most people in Hollywood join and, and most musicians join. And, uh, and they've followed him up with many others since. Now, David Icke took everyone else's work who'd done the real investigations he shot to the top. All the doors opened from him. You couldn't buy that kind of publicity uh, unless, it, unless someone gave the nod at the top. Uh, it cost millions just to publicize him. And he became a superhero, leads all the people using all of this information of other authors, and then leads you off like the Pied Piper in a circle to the lizard people. And all of those authors in the backs of his book are now ridiculed into the same, the same place as he's taken you. That's how you. That's called counterintelligence. Sure. Oh no, it, it's very, it's very effective yeah. because if they can make uh, make you out to be Looney Tunes, yes. and everybody he's mentioning goes with him. Uh-huh. Do you think he's aware he's a pawn? I, I, I'm sure he knows exactly what he's doing. He phoned the he ph- the, the Sweet Liberty site uh, some years ago, and then got in touch with me for a lot of the information that he used, and the only stipulation was that he didn't spin it off into any any odd theories of serpents and so on. But it didn't matter. He did it anyway. Yeah. Okay, so right now we've got here, we've got the Senate vote, which, of course, is, is heading toward the 2010 idea of opening the borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, and we're, we're looking at the Mideast, obviously. Uh, here's Israel saying that, it was that World War III is imminent. What are the other steps we're looking for? Um, again, they're following the, the, this uh, revelations like a script. Because so many people really believe that's God's plan and so on. So when you believe that, you sit back and allow it to happen. Otherwise, you're fighting God. Mm-hmm. But they're following that like a script, which actually it is. And uh, uh, plague, famine, warfare, uh, they can create earthquakes with the harp alone. Uh, that's in the, in the United Nations Treaty on Harp. You can find that right written in the 1970s. Uh, earthquake, um, it can cause hurricanes, uh, etc. That's all in the Harp Treaty. People should read it up. Okay. So, so all those things in Revelations, they have the ability to, to cause today, you know. Right, and get people as, as believers uh, virtually overnight. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a very bleak future, and of course you, you look far down the road, and it's a, it's a much, much bleaker future, and then, then you, you, know, you start to become spiritual about it, and the first thing you wonder is, is this something that maybe has happened several times on Earth over the eons? Because it's a very, very yeah. old planet. You know, have, yeah. we, have we been here before and mm-hmm. some type of true natural disaster has wiped us out? Uh, in the old um, Aramaic records, it's, it's very interesting, this, this, this because, um, in fact, there were psalms, psalms taken out of the Bible 
uh, I have the copies of them. Uh, they talked about a catastrophe after Babylon, mm-hmm. or the Tower of Babel, where they said the elite said we'll, be, we'll become as gods, and, and in fact higher than the gods. The old Satan boast again, and that something happened, and um, it basically destroyed and scattered them. And the people hated this elite so much that, that this elite had to run into the hills and the mountains, live in caves. They were hunted down, and then they began it all over again by the creation of secret societies that's what the secret societies were initially created for to, be, to once again recreate and rebuild the great work now the rabbis will tell you if you ask them that this great work began about four and a half thousand BC that's how old it's supposed to be okay. in the general Masonic lore they say that, that, that Lucifer came down uh, or the light came down and gave birth to the plan about four, four and a half thousand BC and that's why Masonic uh, temples have two dates on it. They have the one for the construction date, and they have another one which is, has four and a half thousand years tacked onto it. And it says AL as Anno Luciferos. That's what it means after Lucifer. So this plan is ancient. Uh, it's now 6,000 years old, old, and it's called the great work, the, the perfecting of that which was left imperfect according to them, which is man himself and everything in the world is to be run and dominated by science. Wow, it's it's fascinating. And of course, even when we're talking six thousand years, that's still a blip on the on the planet's mm-hmm. landscape. So it does make you wonder. It also makes you wonder when you look at galaxies upon galaxies and solar systems mm-hmm. and everything else, whether uh, whether or not uh, we're clearly not alone. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable to think that that's the the end of our civilization as it is. Yes. Uh, you know, long term, not not to even get into the spiritual uh, mm-hmm. situation of uh, of the continent of life beyond this yes. it, it doesn't get more bleak than this and something tells me that if uh, if this does come to pass this can't last long mm-hmm. yeah that, that's a fact uh, now the, the histories of India are amazing because they claim there were five pre- previous ages they call them mm-hmm. and and but there are two possible more it called so be seven ages mm-hmm. rough you know roughly 25,000 years apart mm-hmm. where man had climbed to the top became corrupt and and then all all chaos broke loose and they were reduced back to the beginning again I believe that uh, now if they go into the histories of Tacitus who was the historian for Nero who went into Britain and got the histories of the Druids before they wiped them out um, he said that the Druids had a, a, in their histories at least three ages mm-hmm. uh, where fire followed by water uh, had caused incredible damage upon the earth and, and, and the elite both in India the north of India lived within mountains to survive it the Druid elite lived within mountains to, as well to survive it in the Greek mythologies they say that their elite lived in Mount Parnassus when the fire was followed by water now tying this up with, with the Tesla technology of harp Right. Tesla stopped Harp because he claimed that they could superheat the atmosphere to such an extent it could cause the whole atmosphere to ignite and explode. Mm-hmm. If that did it, it would melt the poles, and so you'd have a flash fire across the planet, and then massive uh, clouds rising up and massive rainfalls. 
fire followed by water. So who knows if we've been around this, this same cycle before. Exactly, and I, I almost have to believe we, uh, we have. Uh, what, a, what a dire prediction, but, you know, I guess the thing other than knowledge being power, I take away from this again, that if sufficient numbers of people mm -hmm. are to arise and awake at this point, at the very least, this can be slowed down if, mm -hmm. uh, if people remain on the status quo or on track. Uh, I can't believe three hours went by so fast. You're, you're just fascinating, and hopefully everybody will check out CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and I hope you'll join me again, Alan. Uh, it'd be a pleasure. Thanks. All right, Alan, watch.